Welcome to today's New Life Live podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by you. Your donations make this podcast possible. Please consider donating today using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Welcome to New Life Live with host and founder of New Life Ministries, Stephen Arterburn. For 35 years, New Life has been transforming lives one at a time thanks to the giving hearts of you, our listeners. Our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's hardest places. If you have a question you'd like to ask today, our phone lines are open. Call 1-800-229-3000. That number again is 1-800-229-3000. Now here's Steve. I talked to somebody a couple weeks ago that said they were kind of disappointed when I would say that because Steve wasn't here, but Aww. I am happy to be here with you and alongside <laughs> of me is Mark Cameron and Dr. Alice Benton. Hello. Hello, guys. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are there too and wherever you're listening, just know that we are here to help you. Mark was praying before we started the show today and we do want to help you and so give us a call, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to be taking your calls for two hours and uh, want to help you in any way possible and I think sometimes that first phone call is the hardest one to make but listen we're a friendly bunch and we can help you so uh, you know I you know one of the things that I think about a lot is what is the it that keeps us from moving forward in our lives do you guys have any thoughts about those it's that people are either not dealing with or dealing with Becky, I was just thinking back over my own family's weekend, and there were multiple it's that could have and sometimes did lead to overeating because it's, for me, very often a distraction to eat, and it's a comfort to eat, and it helps me to sidestep whatever uncomfortable emotions there are right there in the moment. So we Mm -hmm. um, had a little honoring ceremony for a baby that I miscarried a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to think Mm -hmm. about him and love on him. And that was emotional, and that's a that's a reason for me to eat. Mm. We had a celebration of just a good time with our kids and got humongous ice cream cones. Another good reason, but a reason to eat. I uh, had a, a rupture with my husband, and we're, we're doing the comfort circle to repair the rupture. Another reason to eat. Our, our weekends, our days, our moments are packed with all kinds of reasons that we can go to eating to cover them, to comfort them, to sidestep them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and eating is not a bad thing, right? Eating is is great. We do feasting in heaven, and I look forward to seeing what that is going to be like up there. But you're right, right? It's that you know. I, recently, I watched um, uh, uh, what's the what's the one show that you, where you lose all the weight? Biggest loser. Oh, biggest that's, loser. That's, yeah. yeah. And, and the way I watch it is, I watch the first episode and then I skip and I watch the last episode, right? <laughs> Just to see the transformation. But then you get to, right. If you read how many of those folks uh, unfortunately end up putting the weight back on because they don't really address the it in their life, mm. because right, we're using f- they're using food for comfort in a non-relational mm. way when really we're designed to have comfort in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the key, too, is that it can cause us to do a lot of behaviors, whether it's eating, drinking, gambling, uh, pornography. There's lots mm-hmm. of things that will drive our need to find relief from the feeling that we're having as opposed to really addressing what's at the core of this and what do I need to do in order to have um, just a, a – 
you know, a way to reach out, to connect with somebody, you know, even on The Biggest Loser, they have um, this house full of people, right? Well, you know, connection is one of our key values here at New Life, and we know that it can be really difficult to connect, but it can be very um, healing and very much uh, an answer to dealing with the it's in your life. Of course, we're talking about Lose It For Life, which is our uh, weight and eating issues workshop. We're going to have it online March 18th, and so it's easy to attend and whether it is the it of you know shame or regret or maybe um, just the isolation and then food is keeping you company uh, we want to help you get free of that and and lose it for life literally lose the it for life and have a plan and a process in order to be free and to use food for what it was meant to be used for and that is for energy and for nutrition it's all going to be part of that great day. We're going to have Michelle Spadafora with us. Steve Arterburn is going to be speaking. And we're going to have groups with our counselors who are going to lead you in a way forward. And I tell you, we've been doing that for 20 years. And we've helped a lot of people keep that weight off. And we can help you too. We're going to be right back after this break. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. I hope that you will decide to join us for Lose It For Life. And maybe, you know, um, it would be the next step in your healing process. Uh, You know, this month we are going to feature the book Take Your Life Back. And that kind of is going along with the Lose It For Life idea. Um, But Take Your Life Back is one of my favorite books um, that we use. Yes, Alice is holding it up. It's like Vanna White. Thank you so much (laughs) Um, for our YouTube audience. You can see it. But Take Your Life Back was written by uh, Steve Arterburn and Dr. David Stoop. And so, you know, one of the key figures things that we talk about in uh, Take Your Life Back is working your side of the street. It's a recovery concept that we talk about many times. And Alice, I don't know if you uh, have read through that book, but it's one of my favorites. And one of the reasons is because it keeps the mirror on us. Have you read through the book? And um, what do you know about taking your life back? I sure have. I it's so empowering, although it can be also overwhelming, to keep our focus on our side of the street. Because most of us think if the people around me changed, my life would be fine. It'd be better. Mm-hmm. But we don't have power or we have very limited power over the people around us. But we can develop a whole lot of power over how we're reacting, how we're cleaning things up, how we're engaging in spiritual detox to unload the baggage that we're carrying around. And when we start to change, it disrupts the unhealthy homeostatus in our homes and in our relationships and it often leads to change then in the people around us so it it flips how we normally view problems and it then equips us to start the change process in our homes that's right because we can have relationships that make us feel drained but the drain comes from the fact that we don't really have control over the other person and so we need to take our life back mark what what would you say to somebody who has a relationship that leaves them feeling drained and you know 
they've tried everything and yet there's still no energy, no, um, just, it doesn't feel like it's a free and healthy relationship. Yeah. I think that happens often to us. And, and I think when we're feeling drained, uh, you're doing most of the work and, and one of two things are going on. I think it's one that you are either a rescuer type of person where you, uh, are not allowing the other person to be able to do their growth and you're not allowing them to be able to take their life back because you're just solving problems for them and I think the other dynamic that happens is that the other person isn't interested in growing and you're more interested <laughs> yes. in improving the relationship and so you, you you feel drained because it's all one way and so I think the solution to that is to um, you take responsibility for you you allow the other person to take responsibility for themselves and that that can be really hard to do, especially if you are a rescuer type. My wife is Ooh. a rescuer type, and, and I see her struggling sometimes with friendships that she has and, and even family relationships. And, and I told her one time, um, why don't you just end up saying, that's really hard what are you going to do about it? Mm. And that really, you know, she she held on to that. For me, it was just kind of something in passing, but she's really held on to that. And, and that helps her be able to let other people own their stuff. And then she feels uh, freer. I love that. You know, so many times we'll get phone calls from folks who are in really difficult relationships where they are doing more work than the other person. And it's a concept that we've actually been taught about in our own training in counseling, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we don't want to do more work than what the client is doing. Um, but what if you just love that person, you're in that relationship, you, you know, it might be a family member, because that's typically where we hear about it, you know, it could be a spouse, it could be a child, an adult son or daughter. Um, Alice, what would you say to somebody who's in that struggle of power to take back their life? Well, we have to differentiate our own needs from the needs of the other person. And a good way to do that is through extended listening and then asking what the other person needs or wants from us. We get that clarity from them about what they desire, and then we choose whether or not we're able to fulfill what they are requesting of us. And sometimes we have to give them a no or a not yet, mm -hmm. or yes, I can do what you're asking of me. But it mm -hmm. helps to create a healthy space between what another person wants and then what I'm able to do, what I'm called to do, and what I'm willing to do for them. Well, I love that. Well, so if for a gift of any amount, just give us a call and we'll send you that book, Take Your Life Back. And if you give a gift of $50 or more, we'll include the Take Your Life Back devotional, which is really good as well. Right now, we're going to go to the calls and we're going to talk to Julie, who's calling us from Washington, D.C. on the great station, WAVA. And we are so glad you called, Julie. How can we help you today? Oh, hello. God bless you guys for all you do. Um, I'll try to get this out quick because I know you've got lots of listeners that would love to hear, get help from you guys. But, okay, I got two questions. I'm going to try to get my questions out first, and then you can tell me what background questions you have. Number one, uh, my son is coming to lose it to life in a couple of weeks. I helped him so he could do that. And I'm hoping Wonderful. that... You know, if there are other issues going on in his life, like emotional, he, he would have loved to needed to come to the emotional uh, thing that you had. Um, hopefully you can give him recommendations for those things at that time also. That's what I'm hoping. Well, we'll and, take care of him. <laughs> we'll take care of him, Julie. <laughs> is, is this something that he wants to do? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So... Okay, so yeah. then tell us tell us more about your relationship with him. 
Okay, I, I, I'd like to give you my second question. Okay. okay. I love him. I have a wonderful relationship with him, but my issue, I'm a, I'm, I'm a severe people pleaser. I was in an abusive relationship uh, for 27 years, marriage, and it was abusive to me and abusive to my children. So now I have adult children and grandchildren. And um, so, you know, it's a long time emotional. But anyway, I, my, I have my granddaughter in my house uh, most of the time. Um, she does not live with her mother or her father, although her father is mostly, who is my son, is mostly in his life, calls her every single day, takes her all over the country to play basketball, um, just takes her to practice everything, does everything. Um, mother just sees her like uh, two weekends a month. So I'm um, kind of in the middle. She, But the most issue now is granddaughter because granddaughter, we've had calls from school over and over and over again. Even in third grade, she pushed the principal. But it went to the limit on Friday. I think my son had just had enough. We have been getting calls like almost every week of something that's happened. Friday, she put her hand in the teacher's face, and the teacher, which shouldn't have, but the teacher called her the B word. Um, but she has had lots of stuff all year. She couldn't play basketball the first game because she had acted out with a teacher. So it just reached its limit on Friday because my son had had enough of the calls from school. And mm-hmm. I get the emails, but I didn't get the one about what happened on Friday. Um, so, but, Julie, and, and what, so it was how can we help on Friday. you? It, so, Julie, okay, how can so, we help uh, you? That's a question. Okay. Yeah, you need to help me. I, I would like for you to help me as the person in the middle who's with this granddaughter every day and dealing with her disrespect, dealing with her um, pushback. And I'm a people pleaser, so I hate people to be in pain of any kind. And so I say yes probably entirely too much, and I need to say call your father instead of me saying okay. yes, you can do that. All right. All right, I think we you get a it. good picture. Yeah, I think so. But, um, Mark, let's start with you and then see what he can do for Julie. Well, let me ask you one question here, Julie. Uh, what does your grandma heart tell you that is under the anger for your granddaughter? Ah, oh, man. I really wish I could. It's just authority. She has such issues with any kind of authority. If I ask her to do anything, is going to be pushed back. I mean, I know that at middle school, at 13 years old, a lot of those kids have those kinds of resistance issues, but she had it since third grade at eight years old when we took her back, took her um, because, you know, she needed a more stable lifestyle. Um, but even in, uh, as a um, three-year-old, oh my goodness, I had, you know, issues just picking her up from nursery school. Strong, strong-willed personality. Um, I wish I could tell you. I, I don't know. And I've asked the assistant principal, what kind of help can we get her at mm. school to help her deal with her emotional issues, um, her resistance to authority, her disrespect, all of these kinds of things to help her. So I'm waiting for the principal to call me back. Hopefully he'll give me some suggestions because now mental health is important for kids and they have resources. I, yeah. I wish I could answer that. Well, it sounds know. like, yeah, there's a lot of things that go on around around this 13-year-old age, right? Um, 
you know, there's a lot of hormones and, and brain development changes that happen. I think for your granddaughter, what I'm hearing, she's living with you and both of her parents is somewhat absent from her life. So there's there's probably some abandonment issues um, going on for her, too, um, as well as I'm wondering, you know, sometimes kids act out in school when they have learning challenges. And so there really could be a whole a whole a bunch of things that could be possibly going on here. Um, I think what I would say to you, Julie, is you've already kind of identified about yourself that you tend to be this people-pleaser person who rescues others. Um, and and uh, when someone needs rescuing, that's good. But when somebody needs growing, that's not so good because you end up robbing them of that mm-hmm. tension that they need to be able to, to have a little bit of a struggle um, and then see if they can recover. I think one thing that I would recommend to you is learning how to do uh, the comfort circle, mm-hmm. um, which Mylon and Kay talk about in their book, How We Love Our Kids. It's just a, a fantastic tool to be able to engage your kids in, to be able to help them understand what is under um, what, what's driving their behavior. Because anger is a secondary emotion. There's always a hurt, a sad, or a fear that's underneath anger. And until you get to what is the primary emotion underneath, you might be spinning your wheels a little bit. And so I, I would try and see if you can start to engage her to find out what what's going on. What Why are you feeling so mad? And we will send you a copy of that, Julie. Yesterday. Al, let's, hear what, let's hear what Alice has to say, Julie. Julie, with such obviously problematic, aggressive behavior from your granddaughter, it's so likely that she becomes or is already the problem in the family. And yet, Julie, you humbly acknowledge that there's a lot of chaos and broken relationships, history of abuse in your family. And so I I encourage you to make sure to give her the message that we have a chaotic family. And that stirs Mm -hmm. up emotions in all of us. Anxiety, sadness, worry, feels like it's out of control. Sharing, Julie, that sometimes you may feel that way. Give her permission to feel that way and to express it. And give her permission, which I'm sure you do, to be upset with the adults around her and the adults that are so absent. You're such a great exception to that absence. And I I would guess that there may be some brain chemistry imbalances because you saw aggression from such an early age. Um, Whether there was um, substance use perhaps on her parents' part, um, that can be a possibility and that can affect a child's brain or even just the traumatic losses so early on in her life so that at three she was displaying some aggressive behavior. And so I'd refer you to Dr. Daniel Amen's website because he helps determine brain type with even some free questionnaires that he has on his site. And that leads to um, some uh, referrals to supplements, to diet, to exercise changes, which can help calm down a a brain that's so hyperactive, so um, aggressive as hers seems to be. Lastly, I want you to share decision-making power with her in as many instances as you can. I think her life feels out of control. And so when an adult tries to direct her, she takes control back with her aggressive behavior. And so as her active mom, which you're, you're in that role, of course, when you have to direct her to do something, I would try to split it into two choices, both of which you can live with, but allowing her to have some of that power. I do it in a real simple way with my own kids, or when I need them to come off screen, for instance, I'll say, do you want 15 more minutes or 20 more minutes? I'm fine with either one. They always decide the larger time, of course, and they feel like they have a little bit of power. Your granddaughter needs to feel like she has some decision-making power over her life. 
Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Allison. Julie, we're going to send you a copy of How We Love Our Kids. I also want to encourage you to do some work of your own. You are giving to so many people, mm-hmm. and it could be time for you to address some of the reasons why that pleaser part of you is operating your life. I mean, you said you're your son's coming to Loser for Life, which is great. You're taking care of your granddaughter. There's a lot of people that are leaning on you. And I would just encourage you, if a counselor is not in the family situation, because I think it could be helpful in this, you know, moving forward, uh, your granddaughter could probably benefit from that. You could probably benefit from that. It's just, you know, and to get on a good path going forward. We're so glad you called. We're going to be right back taking more calls after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We do have some lines available. If you want to give us a call, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to be taking your calls for a couple of hours. But right now, we are going to talk to Debbie, who's calling us from Austin, Texas, listens on SiriusXM. And we're so glad you called. Debbie, how can we help you today? Hi there. Well, my, my I heard you talking about trust issues, and I've got a lot going on right now. I have an adult daughter that manipulates my husband, who is her stepfather, and he has made some big decisions behind my back, and it's usually about our daughter, <laughs> where she has cried and says, oh, I can't pay the rent this month. She rents a house from us, and it's every year she has trouble, and then sometimes he'll let her off six months of rent without me without talking to me and it's not helping her he also calls her at seven in the morning to wake her up so she can get her two kids up for school Hmm. so i'm having a lot of trouble with this enabling and i'm i'm kind of fed up he recently let her um have her whole income tax check and said don't worry about it we'll get rent later she she owes eight thousand six hundred dollars Hmm. And I just found out he let her go and said, well, we'll work it out. Hmm. So I'm That's had, hard. I, I just don't know what to do. I'm in yeah. the middle of it. Um, I threatened to leave him um, if he did it again because I cannot live like this. You going hmm. behind my back. Debbie, you know, when, when, you, making decisions. when you threatened to leave him over this, how did he react? He's like, well. I guess if that's really what you want to do, I guess you can, but I don't think I did anything wrong. And is, I made a decision at the time that I thought was right. And, and how old was your daughter when her stepfather came into her life? She was 10 years old. 10. And is she struggling with any um, physical or mental intellectual impairment? She, well, she has bipolar and personality disorder. Which she refuses to take money, uh, any medication for. And is the father of her children in her life? Um, he is, but he's out of state. You know, they talk. You know, he hasn't done much for her. My husband's the one that's, you know, really raised her and done things for her that she needed and helped her out when she needed it. I don't mind some helping, but this is enabling. It is past helping. Do you suspect <laughs> any then, any? You know, he also, do you suspect any substance use on her part? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I have suspected it mm-hmm. for a while. So, Alice, Alice, I, what I can Debbie do it? to to move the 
the the family forward. Well, I think you have to decide, Debbie. Is your your threat to leave was it a, um, was it an attempt to figure out how much does he really want our marriage? Was it an empty threat or was it a serious threat? Because if you oh, it wasn't an empty threat. I did leave. I did leave. Um, I threatened to leave for good, but I I took a few nights in a hotel. And, you know, he would call and leave me a message and say, you know, come back. You know, I want to talk to you. You know, I don't understand what I did wrong. I don't know why this is wrong. It took him a week and a half to even say, okay, I didn't consider your feelings about this. And you're back in the house now, Debbie. Yes, I am back in the house. And I'm not real happy. Um, I'm wondering if we should do marriage counseling. I mean, I'm just, you know, at a a loss right now. I I agree that marriage counseling would be important. And because your absence affected him, um, it seems like there is some willingness, although he gave an initial, well, go ahead and leave. There seems to be some willingness on his part to rethink his stance. Why wouldn't you go to counseling, marriage counseling? What holds you back from that? Oh, he doesn't think we need it. And and if you let him know, I, I was as I am as serious about leaving as I was previously. If if you won't get help, we need this. Our family needs this help. Would you come to therapy with me, knowing it's that serious? How do you think he would respond at this point? I don't know when I'm going to have time. I work all day. When are we supposed to do this? So if we don't you know, if we don't make time if we don't make time I'll have to consider leaving again or I'll have to consider separating myself from you because I'm not willing to be part of this enabling that's going on our daughter needs help but you and I also need help it is that serious and we have to make the time how do you think he'd respond That might be a really good way to approach it he he may be open but he hasn't been in the past but I told him I don't think the marriage is going to last if we don't do so, something because so you know, I've got big trust issues. So, Debbie, what Alice is talking about is is really changing the dynamic that's at play, like, currently. You guys are in this kind of tug of war. Yeah. Um, Mark, Mark, what would you offer to Debbie to kind of, you know, get out of the dynamic of tug of war, of you go, I stay, all that kind of thing? Yeah. When I have couples or, or one person who calls and says their spouse won't go to therapy, what I usually do is I, I encourage them to go to therapy. Um, uh, I encourage them to go and uh, start to, uh, you know, what we open the program with, which is learning how to take your life back, learning to figure out what are some changes that you can start to make that might interrupt um, the dynamic that you already have going. Because I think chances are, if you leave your husband, that's probably not going to change the dynamic between him and your adult daughter here. He'll probably continue to keep enabling her. But I think if you can go to therapy and you can start to maybe work on some of the things that uh, that are stopping you guys from being this effective partnership and then start to take responsibility for those things... Um, uh, I think maybe that can Very start good. to give him some hope. We're we're about to hit the break here, so I'm I'm gonna pause for a second, and we'll come right back to you um, after this break. One eight hundred two two nine three thousand. I was really living a very anxiety-filled life. 
I turned on New Life, and the topic that day was about anxiety. And just by listening, I got relief. You can help New Life stay on the air by joining Club New Life today. When you sign up to support us monthly through Club New Life, we'll send you the new member thank you gift of the Life Recovery Bible Personal Size, the One Year Life Recovery Prayer Devotional, the New Life Journal, a New Life Pen and Highlighter, and a New Life Zipper Tote to hold it all. Plus, there are ongoing benefits like access to the Club New Life video library, the monthly Club New Life CD or download, quarterly resources, free shipping on purchased resources, and discounts on workshops. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433. Support Club New Life, and together we can help hurting people find help and hope in life's hardest places. Call 1-800-639-5433 to join Club New Life today. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. I'm so glad you are with us. And if you want to call us, you can call us 1-800-229-3000. We're going to take calls for about another hour and a half. But right now we're finishing up our call with uh, Debbie. And Alice, you had a couple more thoughts that you wanted to add to that. I just want to help you, Debbie, to reframe how your husband is trying to love his stepdaughter. Mm. Because it may be that he's doing the best he can, loving her, helping her, rescuing her. And I gr- agree, it's enabling. But when we learn that setting boundaries and allowing consequences teaches our children how to be healthy adults much better than saving them from their problems. Sometimes we just need the training to be able to change the way we love our adult children. And so uh, I want you to introduce your husband to New Life, have him listen to our call that we've had with you to inform him, and then consider attending NAMI groups and CODA groups, because in those groups you learn how to love a person struggling with such severe mental health problems like your daughter is, and what loving them effectively looks like versus rescuing them. I also think about our courageous parenting um, weekend that's coming up on April 1st, because I think that would really help you and your husband and your daughter. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea, Allison. Um, Debbie will give you that information, and um, we're going to send you a copy of Doing Life with Your Adult Children, Mm -hmm. um, because I think that that is the dynamic that's in play. There's a lot going on there, but we're we're here for you, Debbie, and we're we're thankful that you called. Right now, we're going to go to Carol, who's calling us from Arkansas, and it's her first time calling. We're so glad you did. And if you want to call us, you can give us a call, uh, 1-800-229-3000. Carol, how can we help you today? Yes, ma'am. Um, well, um, I was thinking of my daughter. Her passed in um, 2004, a cystic fibrosis, and she wasn't, um, you know, so in touch with God like she should. Um, and I was just um, all like thinking, God is full of mercy. And he, um, she didn't have a life like the longest, the expected life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure she was saved. Um, I see some people don't get saved to the um, later on in age. My question is, is, how do I know? How would I know that Sarah is in heaven? 
I'm so sorry for your loss, Carol, and I know that that's heavy on your heart. Mark, let's start with you. What would you offer to Carol? Yeah, so Carol, it looks like your daughter, how old was she when she died? 18? Uh, to be exact, 18, 4 months, and 24 days. Mm. So, so sorry for your loss. Yeah, so your daughter, she was still very much, and I know we kind of have this arbitrary number that we use um, in our legal system where we say somebody who's 18 is all of a sudden an adult. Um, But I I don't think that an 18-year-old is still yet an adult. I do think that as we grow and mature, we have greater levels of responsibility. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think this is a really hard question for you. And, uh, you know, I... When I think about these kinds of things, I think that God is a merciful and he is a great, uh, a grace-giving God. And he gives us the Bible and it does show us what we need to do um, for salvation. Um, but we don't know who, you know, God is the giver of grace. So mm-hmm. I, I do think it's hard to definitively be able to say who is in and who is out in in terms of he's the only one who gets to make that decision. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it sounds like you have been a really good mom to your daughter. Mm-hmm. She struggled with illness. and well, um, I wasn't. I wasn't like I, if, if, I, if I was a good mom to her spiritually, more spiritually, I would have these Christians. I would know mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. Well, I, I, I think you. Yeah, I think you might mm. be being a little hard on yourself. It's really, really hard to be a parent, especially a parent of a sick child, and and mm-hmm. you know, we don't have a lot of capacity for ourselves when we're caring for a sick child like that. So I, I'm mm. wondering if you're being a little harsh on yourself, and you actually did a better job than you think you did. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Alice, what would you offer, Carol? Carol, what would you say is one of your most significant regrets with your daughter? How do you wish you had handled faith differently with her? Well, uh, I, I wish I'd been like my mom was um, to me and my sisters prayed with her. I wish I took her to church uh, more. This way mm-hmm. she was little. And um, I wish that I just have been overall better, better parent. And I know if I was a better Christian back then, I mm-hmm. I, I, I did believe that in God and Jesus accepted Jesus as my our Savior. Mm-hmm. But I was not doing what I was supposed to do as a parent mm-hmm. and spiritual spiritual guidance. Yeah, so you, you can certainly see short shortcomings in how you practice faith, how frequently you practice faith with your daughter. And, and those are some healthy regrets, I think, that you have. Looking back with hindsight, you see things you could have done better. Do you know if, as a child, did your daughter ever have a relationship with God? Um, I think my daughter, she was very sick. She had problems breathing. He had problems. Uh, the cystic fibrosis causes a lot of um, mm. sicknesses. Yeah, it's a terrible disease. And a it's lot of terrible. different things. You're not able to breathe. It's not. Uh, I, so, uh, she, uh, I've experienced that. I've had COPD. Well, not you know. Bad, uh, you know but. Carol, I wonder, going along with what Mark was saying before, I think sometimes in our grief, 
our mind goes to places where we feel like we failed, it, it kind of helps us carry the sadness of the loss. It doesn't make sense. A lot of times grief does not make sense, but it is, there is this process. And I, and I think sometimes if we can hold on to the, the idea that um, I, I need to keep overturning these thoughts in my mind, it'll keep us from really experiencing that loss. I would encourage you um, to get into a grief support group, even though it's been a long time. Obviously, you're still dealing with the grief, or maybe even not dealing, and it's getting kind of sidewind. And I think trusting that God knows more than you do, and knowing that um, you did the best that you could yeah. given the circumstances, you can experience the relief and the assurance that God loved your daughter and will and heal that part of you that is still grieving for her. Uh, Alice, did you have anything else that you want to say? Well, Carol, the way that we receive forgiveness when a loved one has passed away and we have the kind of regrets you do is by bravely sharing them with other safe people in our lives. And so you're doing that with us on this phone call. You're joining with me, another imperfect mom. I've made my mistakes. I have my regrets with my children. And by making these confessions aloud to another human being, we start to receive empathy and forgiveness for the ways we were imperfect parents. And so I would ask that if you enter into a grief group that you would bring these regrets into the light and then begin making a living amends even though your daughter has passed on the way that you love the people around you now spreads grace to people and it's a it's a living testament of faith and it's a way to honor your daughter's memory and when mm -hmm. this question comes to mind is my daughter saved it's a question that you'll have to continue to surrender to the heavenly father there are, these mm -hmm. are one of the questions we don't necessarily get an answer to this side of heaven and mm -hmm. so i want you to surrender it to him every time it comes to your mind and pray for the unbelievers in your life that they will also find connection with god we're so glad you called, Carol. We're going to send you a copy of the Life Recovery Workbook. It, it will help you on this path, and maybe we can even connect you with a Life Recovery Grief Group. Um, we're, we're so glad you called. You know, it is, uh, it's a difficult, it's, it's just unfathomable to think of losing a child, especially after you've taken care of one that's been so sick. And um, we're just going to be praying for Carol to continue to have that healing that she so deserves. Right? Right now we're going to shift gears a little bit. I'm so glad to uh, see you, Larry. Larry Sonnenberg's hey, in the studio. Becky. Hi, Larry. What can you share with us that's going to give us some encouragement about what we do here at New Life? Well, I really want to encourage Lose It For Life people that are thinking about coming and still haven't made up their minds. I'll read a, real, read a testimony here before the break. Maybe come back for a quick second. I've been confused by some of the other programs I've been involved in before and, and was getting discouraged and frustrated and needed God's intervention for direction. The workshop has been an experience like no other that I've had. The openness and realness of everyone was so important to me. It shines the light of Christ in the dark places. This mm -hmm. workshop has been about healing and restoring to be free and not about diets and restrictions and more bondage. I'm leaving knowing God's love never fails and that I need Him and other people. I'm responsible for this body that He gave me. I'm glad I came to this workshop. Wow. If, you, if you're thinking about coming, um, think about this work, this testimony, and we'll talk right after the break. Thank you. Great. We'll be right back. 
To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, we ended the, before the break, Larry was talking about Lose It for Life. And, you know, we've got all kinds of workshops because we want to help you move forward in your life. Um, Larry, how would you encourage somebody who may be thinking about, um, you know, maybe going to a workshop or even supporting us so that we can continue to do workshops? Well, the first step is just to make a call. Call 800 New Life and talk to somebody there. And then I just want to encourage folks that have the means to give support, donation support. That will help us a lot to continue continue to do what we do. You know, I think there's kind of a countrywide malaise right now of hesitation because we have experienced the downfall in people's giving here. And so I, I don't know what it is. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. And I'm just praying that people could, I don't want to say snap out of it, but just see the sense that God is in everything that's going on in this country, including uh, the financial challenges that we're facing. And step up and make a gift to help us get through this tough time, just like they need help, too, to get through their tough times. Right. I love that. And, you know, we're so grateful for those of you who are part of Club New Life that are helping us do that every month. And if you want to join Club New Life and be part of that family, you can. And we'll give you a gift of eight of our 100-day devotionals. They're all different kinds of beautiful colors. (laughs) But they also are just a path forward. But, you know... what you were saying, Larry, is so true. Sometimes in the malaise, sometimes in the overwhelm, we get frozen and we can't mm-hmm. take a step forward either to offer help, to be generous, or even to you know ask for help as well. So we're hoping that um, you will, if you haven't given a gift, that you will give one today or more than one. And uh, you can give us a call for that. And also, we're going to keep taking calls, 1-800-229-3000. Thank you, Larry, for coming in and sharing with us. And we're going to go to Lisa who's calling us from Ohio, and she listens on SiriusXM. Uh, hi, Lisa. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. and um, I'm a long-time listener, and um, just in a real conundrum with, I have a 15-year-old niece. Um, she is my oldest brother's only child, and they lost, he lost his wife, um, and her mom, um, not this past December, but December before, to cancer. Mm. And we're just really struggling as a, you know, aunt, my husband as well being involved, my daughter, her cousin, um, trying to help my brother. Just kind of maneuver these this teenage um, depression, outbursts. Um, not wanting to go to school, you know, having some friendship difficulties. They've started her on some um, antidepressants. But, you know, my brother's just crying out to us to just try to plug into her once again, which we do regularly on encouraging her and her behavior. And we're just kind of, you know, pulling our hair out here. You know, we try to, we're, we're believers, and I, you know, give Brianna what I believe to be God's word and scripture and that we are a product of choices and we're just you know we're just what to throw our hands up oh, it can be so tough okay yeah. Lisa um, let's start it is tough it's a that's a lot for a 15 year old mm. to just deal with so I imagine um, 
all of you having that loss and then she on top of it. Mark, let's start with you and see how we can help Lisa and the family with this. Yeah, Lisa, I love your heart. I love how you guys are just kind of pulling together as a family and, and you're, you're wanting to uh, just support each other through this. Grief is just, um, it, it, it's such a strange um, emotion and it's a mix of emotions. It's a process. And if we don't um, do it right, we can be stuck in we can be stuck in grief for years, and so I, I encourage you just to kind of be familiar with the different stages of grief. Right, we have denial, we have bargaining, and then we have anger. Right, and it sounds like maybe she is in the anger stage, and that is normal. Um, that people yeah. uh, to be in that anger stage. Her mom was taken away from her prematurely. She's not uh, designed to deal with that kind of grief. Uh, those kinds of strong emotions in this moment. Has she attended a grief group? She, so we got it, her into some uh, private counseling, just individual, and then uh, we did some family counseling with me, my brother, Brianna, and then her grandmother also that is trying to help plug in. And, but some of that, it, it just seemed like we were just going in circles with the family yeah. counseling. And so we did a little bit of a segue on just trying to come together for family dinners once in a while, maybe trying to read a book, playing games, trying to get her to open up. And she, we really feel like she's really not even grieved. I don't know how right. she's even truly so, cried over her mm, mom. Yeah, so mm. she's going to be she's going to be stuck until she can do it. So what I recommend doing is, is take a look in your area and maybe we can help you out to see if we can find something. But I think it, it, it's key is, is we get through grief together with others. And if you, you can get her into a grief group specifically with other uh, teens who have lost a parent because I'm sure that, that, you know, that unfortunately that happens. If you can do that I think she might be able to connect with others as they're starting to share their pain um, and and they might be able to kind of help her together in a different dynamic than you guys can right now well and Alice okay. before we go to you Lisa she just died in December the other December lost this a, December a, before a year ago yeah so oh 2021 okay very good over a year now yes correct okay correct all right yes. let's hear what Alice has to say Lisa, as I'm going through my mental checklist, you and your family are already doing so many of the things that we normally advise, but rarely hear a family coming together multiple generations to surround the grieving child. So I just praise what you're doing. I think what your family's doing is right, spot on, in fact. And grief doesn't have a time limit. And so that it's been a year can still feel like such a short amount of time to your niece. And so, of course, continue to allow the time. And I would advise her father that he needs to really balance a great deal of empathy, but not to lose sight of the discipline necessary as well. Because if she's having outbursts, if she's resisting going to school, of course there needs to be understanding for the emotion she's struggling with, but there should still be consequences for inappropriate behavior. And it can be so difficult to allow consequences for a grieving child, but it would actually be a disservice to her to allow any behavior just because because she's grieving. So those two things need to be balanced. And then I would wonder, what yeah. what kind of unhealthy coping might she be going to? And so I'd be curious about how she's using her screens, what she's getting into there for distraction, and whether she's turning to any form of substance use, because that could exacerbate the anger and the resistant behavior. So you'd want to tease those things out. Yeah, and, and Lisa, yeah. she's going to need a lot of space. I would say if 
you haven't already, you mentioned a counselor and you felt like you were going round and round. It would be really helpful for her to have a counselor where she can be just free to be her. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, Mark, her feelings are all locked down and they're coming out as anger and, and to help her to process sadness. She's in a pivotal time for a teenage girl, and to not have her mom is really impacting her. On a, but I love that you are yes. all surrounding her, yeah. and it's so great. We're, I'm going to send you a copy of the Life Recovery Grief Workbook as well. But I, you know, hold on, and let's see if we can get her connected with a counselor for herself, and not because something's wrong with her, but literally to help her move through this grief. You know, like you said, Mark, grief is very kind of odd right it just takes a different form for lots of different reasons and um you know we're all going to experience it but it is something that we can we can know that there is hope and there's help beyond that thank you so much alice and mark for riding along today we're going to continue taking calls 1-800-229-3000 if you need anything know that new life is here for you we have counselors we have coaches workshops support groups We want you to know that there is hope for your life. Thanks Thanks for listening listening. today. We hope this program has helped you by giving you insights for handling the challenges you face in your life. We want you to know that we're here for you, but you also need to know that New Life Live is a listener-supported ministry. To make your donation or to get any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or write to us at New Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1029, Lake Forest, California, 92609. Please join us again tomorrow for New Life Live. Today's podcast can be downloaded through iTunes or streamed through your mobile device using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com to download the app today.